Morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11 o'clock uh, this morning. We have an open line the first hour, then a conversation with uh, Jim Dye, the opinions editor of the News Gazette. Tomorrow, my guest will be uh, Julia Reitz at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. And usually I have the guests on at uh, 10, but uh, tomorrow she is on at 9. And then we'll have an open line right at uh, 10 o'clock. And then a Busey Money Talk at the 10.30. Then on Friday, a very uh, special program. That will be my last day on Penny. We'll be featuring uh, lots of uh, music, uh, some terrific uh, singers and performers. We'll play some highlights from years past, uh, some surprises. Goal is to have some fun. And I think we will tomorrow for both hours of the program. So uh, we will not have time on a Friday to be taking any uh, calls. So if you want to get any uh, open line calls in uh, today and uh, tomorrow would be the right time. And the way you do that is call 356-9397. And uh, you can uh, text us as well. That number is 351-5357. So if you have something on your mind today, we'll start off with that. I'll give you some headlines uh, that uh, I want to talk about today, some things that I uh, consider uh, good news, good uh, topics for conversation. And uh, you can pick up on those, or you can bring up something entirely new. That's okay, whatever you would like to do. This has always been a program devoted to uh, dialogue and uh, not monologue, so that means there has to be somebody on the other end that uh, wants to talk to me and I want to talk to them. That's the way it works. In the news, more Champaign County nursing home problems. Former vendor has a file suit against the home and the county saying that they are owed $235,000. More and more problems. County board members voted to join suit against the makers of uh, opioid. The county joined several other Illinois counties that have hired law firms to pursue claims against drug makers believed to be partly responsible for the nation's opioid uh, crisis. If you want to know more about Unit 4's school construction plans, the dates, the costs, the construction uh, starting times, estimated, uh, et cetera, et cetera, well, that's in today's paper. Julie Worth outlines it for you in today's News Gazette. There's a little uh, paragraph or two 
on each of the uh, projects, and uh, the dates are there. Going to be some other uh, public uh, meetings as well. So it is uh, a major, major project. It will take some uh, time to to get uh, finished, of course, but uh, it'll be really uh, something uh, not only at the Champaign Central, but literally all over town. We still have some uh, spots open for the free Christmas dinner at the First Christian Church. This is something that uh, I've had the uh, pleasure of uh, taking part in. Haven't do much. <laughs> I've done the least amount of work of anybody. We've got 250 volunteers, people that uh, are just waiting for you to come out for a free Christmas uh, dinner. If you don't want to be alone on Christmas Day, come join four, five hundred friends. I can assure you the food is good. There is fun. There is some uh, music, uh, presents for the uh, young people. I'll give you all the details uh, later on this morning and how you can register. That'll be coming up here in just a bit. And, of course, on the uh, national scene, the tax reform package was okayed by the Senate and then sent back to the House for a final vote, then presumably on to President Trump. You may see changes in your paycheck, they say, by February. And the feds uh, release one of two illegal immigrants who sought abortion so that the abortion would not uh, have to be funded by taxpayer money. She was able to mislead Homeland Security about her age, getting into the country, etc. She may face penalties for lying under oath to the court. Amtrak engineer in that deadly uh, train wreck may have been distracted by an employee in training, according to federal investigators. That train was going about 80 miles an hour and supposed to be going in a 30-mile-per-hour zone. And how about this one? An Indiana woman is shocked when the Abbey Inn and Suites in Brown County, Indiana, charged her an additional $350 after she posted a negative review online about the facility. They say that's on their website that they do that. I I can't understand how that could be. I, I guess it's legal, but it doesn't sound very ethical to me. I That's all I know about it. It's what uh, I've just uh, told you. And the winner of season 13 of The Voice is Chloe Kohansky. She belted out rock songs from the 80s and the 90s. Her coach was Blake Shelton. Shelton had the winner for the sixth time. This is a show my wife and I really enjoy watching. It lasts uh, it's on Monday and Tuesday nights for several weeks. And kind of a letdown when it's over. They have some great singers, uh, a lot of uh, young people just uh, trying to get started, and some older people who have been at it for a while. That's a good show. It's mostly uh, music, and uh, 
It is over, and she is the winner. Irene, good morning. Good morning. Another beautiful day. Yes, it is, indeed. I just wanted to ask you if you considered maybe talking to Stevie J, because you're upbeat like he is, and I think that would be a good station for you. If I should do what now? What about Stevie J? Apply for Stevie J, a program similar to what you have. Oh. Well, we'll see what happens in the future, Irene. We don't know uh, right now. Uh, all we know is we've got, uh, uh, got, a, got a couple more days left here, you know. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on Christmas. Oh, okay. You're going to be out there. Well, uh, make sure you say hello. A lot of people, and I'd like to uh, say hello to you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that uh, Christmas uh, situation out there at the First Christian Church is really a lot of fun. Much of the credit goes to the volunteers, and Lynn Barnes is is uh, really the uh, the force behind this. And she writes in today's uh, paper, this is an invitation to any and all of our area in people in our area who would otherwise be alone to enjoy a free traditional sit-down dinner with 400 friends on Christmas Day. More than 250 volunteers from the community are making this event possible. There is still time for you to join us for appetizers at 12.30 on Christmas Day and the dinner at 1. It all takes place at First Christian Church. That's at the corner of Curtis and Staley in Champaign, a beautiful uh, church, uh, this wonderful facilities there. Reservations are required. You can RSVP uh, no later than December 23rd. You can reserve your spot by calling or texting. The phone number to call is 991-0250 or by emailing uh, Christmas dinner. that's all, uh, all one word, no spaces in there, uh, Christmas dinner at FCC, that's the, the church, hyphen online.org. Let us know how many will be in your party, and if you will have children aged 12 and under in the group, they'll be receiving a, a small gift. Also, please uh, let us know if you will need a ride and from which of the following pickup points Sunnycrest Manor, Steer Place, Illinois Terminal, the Round Barn Manor, or Restoration Urban Ministries. We'd love to have you join us for dinner on Christmas Day. It's a letter today from uh, in the uh, News Gazette. From Lynn Barnes. Community Day Christmas Dinner Volunteers, she says. Now, she's a volunteer, all right, but she is, uh, without her, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she is the Energizer Bunny. Very, very capable woman who has done uh, so much for this community. Works over at uh, Carl and has for a real long time. And 
that's been in charge of this dinner. I forget how many years they've they've had it now. I've had to play. She calls me the MC. I really just make a few announcements. It's no no big deal, but I love to do it. Love to be associated with all those folks. Uh, Bob is next. Hi, Bob. Hi. Hey. Ironically, since I'm retired, I don't uh, get to hear your morning program all, every day anymore. Um, and uh, there's one issue that I know wouldn't we wouldn't see in the News Gazette or hear much about on the radio, but it sounds like you've talked about a little bit about your continuing after, what, Friday's the last day? Friday is the last day here on Penny, yes. Um, and um, um, I, I don't know if you've talked much about the circumstances uh, that – you weren't the one who really wanted to to quit doing the show because you do a great show. Well, I'm uh, hopeful that uh, this is uh, something that uh, I can uh, continue to do uh, do some work of some kind because I, you know, I'm 85 years old, but I feel uh, healthy and I feel uh, I'm still uh, curious about things and I feel I'm capable of uh, doing uh, productive work and. Uh, so I'll be, uh, you know, kind of looking around. Well, was there a reason why the radio station didn't well, want you continuing? A, it's a uh, it's a personnel uh, matter, and as I've said over the years, when personnel matters have come up, you you should uh, talk to the uh, management people. That would be, in uh, this case, uh, Mike Hale or uh, John Reed. Oh, I see. Well, you you know, of course, and you've probably gotten multiple calls already. About how how much people miss you? That you just do just a great job of talking to people, and encouraging them to call in and uh, be part of the community, and that's the main aspect that I think will be missed a lot. Well, I don't know what the uh, format will be, uh, if it will continue this way, or it will have a new host. Uh, Brian Barnhart will be here, he, and I have not asked him uh, what's going to happen, and that's none of my business. Uh, after Friday, it's uh, it's up to someone else. But I oh, do, okay. uh, I do love to uh, talk to people, and I've uh, tried to be uh, fair over all this time. I haven't uh, given up my uh, position on uh, on politics or anything like that because I I don't want anybody to say, "Oh, this guy is a liberal or this guy is a conservative." I tried to play it down the middle as far as being on the air is concerned, and give everybody a, a shot at uh, saying what the, what they think. Oh, that's the one area you're the best at is uh, letting everybody have their say, whatever side they're on, and uh, and being fair to them, like you said. So we all appreciate that and have for years. You know that. Thank you, Bob. You're very kind to call. I appreciate it. And let's go to uh, Jane here at 919. Hi, Jane. Hi. Good morning. I agree with your this previous caller, but my question is, well, I have two questions, actually. The first one is, you kind of touched on the floor mat of Penny as it continues with um, the new host. I can't think of his name right now. Barn- Brian Barnhart. Yeah, Brian Barnhart. Anyway, if he, because we really enjoy the uh, judges and Julia Reese and so on and so forth, so I hope he continues with that. And my second question is, when does Brian get a chance to sleep between the games and the show and so on and so forth? When does who get a chance? When does Brian get a chance to sleep? 
It seems like he's a very busy gentleman. Yes, he is. Uh, I've been through that uh, campaign that he is uh, currently on, that is uh, working at at the station and then uh, doing the play-by-play of the games, which involves a lot of uh, travel and so forth, and he does, uh, as I did and um, others before me, uh, the coaches' shows and all those. Uh, I think uh, he makes out okay. He's... Uh, doesn't look too sleepy to me. I think okay. he's he's uh, he's ready to go. Yeah, and then of course all the prep he has to do. Yeah, we do. People that are on the air have to do prep, whether it's a mm-hmm. morning show or this show or the games or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't come in here and uh, and wing it. Or at least I can't. I I need to know some of the things that uh, I hope to talk about and uh, and hope that uh. Listeners like yourself uh, have things that uh, they want to talk about as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jane. I appreciate your call this morning. I need to take a break here. Ed Bond's going to come in here with a big uh, hook. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Our first break here, we're coming right back. Uh, This is an open line this first hour, and then we'll uh, visit with uh, Jim Dye. Jim Dye has been a regular guest on this program for uh, a real long time. Comes in every couple of weeks. This week he's on vacation and he's going to come in. How's that for being a good guy? Anyway, he'll be here the uh, second hour if he doesn't forget. You never know. No, he'll be here. We'll take a break and to come back more open line after that. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turp and we have an open line going until uh, the uh, top of the hour and then we'll of the news to be followed by uh, Jim Dye. A couple of the texts came in uh, late in the program yesterday, and uh, Justice Steigman was on. I did not get these on the air, and I want to put them on. Uh, One came from Denny. We were talking about uh, crime and uh, that kind of thing, Uh, who, who gets arrested and how many of this, how many of that. And uh, this... Uh, text says the leftists uh, claim that the uh, disparate uh, representation of blacks in the county jail is in and of itself proof of police prosecution and court racism however if you look at where the crimes and especially serious and violent crimes occur as reported by the public not just uh, not justice officials you will see that it occurs in predominantly black neighborhoods. Arrests and jailings are in response to crime committed regardless of race. Merry Christmas, says uh, Denny. Merry Christmas to you, sir. And after uh, Stan was on the air, this text uh, came in says, we couldn't get through the program without the village idiot. <laughs> Shouldn't call people names. Once again, Stan cannot see when he is losing an argument. He had a, quite a uh, conversation uh, there and uh, with the Justice Steigman. And Justice Steigman is a smart guy and a great debater. I would not get, want to get into an argument with him. I can tell you that. He uh, he hands himself very well when he and he knows a lot. 
when you deal with bright people who are articulate and can express them themselves, uh, they're hard to uh, hard to beat in a one-on-one debate. Uh, Motor is next. Hi, Motor. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. What's you. going on, Motor? Not too much. Just doing a little bit with the chili, and look up, and there's the sun. It feels so good. No snow on the ground. I hope it doesn't happen until after Christmas. But anyway, we're sorry to hear that you're going to be away from the area. Uh, we hope you and we've enjoyed you so much. And I know you put up with me all the time, so I got I got to say thank you very much on that. Yeah, that's been a big problem, Motor taking taking I, care of you. You know that. Oh, I know that. Everybody <laughs> knows that for sure. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss you, but I know you're gonna be around. Yes, indeed. I uh, am yeah. not going to crawl up in a little ball and. and uh, oh God! Please don't do that. And go into. Be like a couple of people I know. They, mm-hmm. They're still down there, all rolled up in the in the in their knitting program. Ten four. Yeah. See you later, Motor. Yeah. Thanks very much God for bless everything. You. We appreciate you. You was a hundred percent all the way across. Oh, uh, you're a great man. I'm glad you called, sir. Let's go to uh, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm glad to have you on. Hey, uh, I just uh, I heard you showing some love to Justice Seidman, and I I have to say I would uh, characterize him as as quite different. I I find him to uh, get the facts right when he's speaking about uh, areas that that he has expertise on. But I know that he's uh, spoken frequently about especially political areas about which he does not have any more expertise than anybody else. Uh, he said some pretty ignorant things about uh, the the Russia investigation. Several months ago that I remember talking to him about. Uh, I also think it's just a, uh, a good opportunity to remind everybody about his uh, multiple ethical issues, including his donation to a, uh, a prosecutor who would have uh, had cases that would have ended up before him in an appellate case, um, uh, his misuse of, of, uh, of public funds. So um, I, I appreciate that he's a friend of yours, but uh, <laughs> I, I would not characterize him in the, in the same glowing terms that you would. Well, uh, we can uh, disagree without being disagreeable, can't we, Ben? Absolutely. I hope I did just there. No, I uh, I wasn't saying you were disagreeable. You weren't at all. You were expressing your opinion, and that's uh, what we've had on this program for years and uh, what I hope we uh, continue to have. So uh, thanks for the call. And yes, I, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Take one more uh, call here before the uh, 9.30 news, which we've already passed the uh, 930 spot. Uh, Jeff is next. Hi, Jeff. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I am good, Jeff. What's going on with you? Well, you know, Jim, uh, <coughs> you got a lot of well-wishers calling in, and I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't call in. And, you know, I've called over the years and uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations. And uh, you're a true gentleman, Jim. Uh, very fair, very balanced. And I'm going to miss you. I know that. And if you end up, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but if you get another show or, you know, get on the air a little bit, and I'm hoping that maybe you and Lauren could still do some sports stuff, I know I'm going to be listening, Jim. So you got a fan with me. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your call, okay, sir. Okay, Jim. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. 
9.32, and uh, Brian has the news headlines. We'll come back after that and uh, talk more on an open line up until 10 o'clock. Then we're going to visit with uh, Jim Dye, the opinions editor of the News Gazette. A lot of things to talk to him about as well, so stick with us. Here's Brian and the news. Mike uh, Kelly, a good friend of mine. I hired uh, Mike uh, Kelly uh, right out of... uh, well, he wasn't right out of school when he uh, graduated. He got a job at WVLN in Olney. That's uh, where I worked uh, when I was in high school. And uh, he got a job there, and we were looking for a, a sports guy. And uh, I knew of uh, Mike, and we hired him. And he immediately uh, began seeking a employment at uh, Camwex in St. Louis. And he would uh, come in in the morning about 5 o'clock in the morning and call down there, did this frequently. And the reason he did is because Mr. Highland, who ran KMOX, worked at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's when he did his work. So he was there, and Mike knew he could find him if he called him at that time. So he eventually got a job at KMOX, did sports shows, got on the uh, uh, Missouri uh, beat, so to speak, and is still there, although he uh, now his primary job is uh, with an insurance company, but he still does uh, the games, and I'm sure he's very happy to see what Missouri is doing in basketball this year, and we'll find out on uh, Saturday, right? Uh, Don is next. Hi, Don. Hey, good morning, Jim. Good morning. Uh, I want to inform people something very important about the new tax plan. There's going to be a box on your taxes that uh, the liberals can check the not-my-president box, and they can keep paying Obama's rates. The liberals can check. Nobody nobody else can check? Not-my-president. Anybody can, not my president, boss, and they can keep paying the, the Obama rate. I mean, because what was what was the left's tax plan? Oh, wait a minute. They didn't have one. The tax cut plan on the left, they didn't have one. No, that's true. They did not. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> okay, my, <laughs> might make you go that way, but I never went that way. <laughs> well, I mean... Isn't it funny that they never, they never, ever, ever bring anything, any policy or anything to do with cutting taxes? Yeah, they had, uh, with Obama, they had eight years to do it. Right. I mean, just remember, folks, this is Republicans cutting your taxes. Remember that at voting time. This is Republicans cutting your taxes. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, uh, Don. Tax reform package was okayed by the Senate, in case you try to keep up with this. It's hard to keep up with the legislation going back and forth and back and forth. They sent it back to the House for a final vote, and uh, then it would go on to President Trump. Uh, Bill says, uh, Jim, I've been a frequent caller for many years. It's no secret that I'm a conservative. I've always tried to be informed and not just a parrot of the shows that follow Penny. I always knew that you would want to have a conversation and would express your own opinions and have 
follow-up questions. That's what makes this show so successful and long-running. The show has made uh, long work days available. I know you would like to continue, but rest assured, I think Brian will continue your legacy of fairness and curiosity. This show, with its great uh, guest, Robert Steigman, being my favorite, and uh, Variety is a community treasure. You will be not forgotten. We share a love of Illini sports. I would like to also thank you for your years as voice of the Illini. And he says, Ed Bond, please encourage Jim to read this on air because I know he might be too humble to do so, but uh, what I say isn't just my mind opinion, it's the truth. Thank you, God bless you and uh, your family. Well, Bill, I try to read uh, all the uh, text messages that uh, come in and try to take all the calls that come in, so uh, I appreciate uh, very much uh, what you had to say. It's uh, very, uh, very kind of you. Uh, Jim is next. Hi, Jim. Good morning, Jim. How are you today? I am good. What's going on with you? I'm just enjoying this beautiful sunny day. It's a little crisp out there. (laughs) It's going to be a little crisper Uh, in the next few days, it sounds like. It is. (laughs) And it is winter. We can expect some of this. Yes, indeed. Uh, I I want to reiterate some of the kind things that... uh, Everybody else has said about you, and I've I've said them a few times before. You are going to be missed. I just now uh, I was not aware that the circumstances behind things, and uh, I would would hope they would uh, rethink that. And on the politics, uh, the gentleman that called in about Bob Steigman again. He's also, one of my absolute favorites that you have on. Uh, I think he is in a unique position to have as much or a better outlook on people and general topics. I disagree with that other caller. I think he's as qualified or more qualified than most people. And uh, I, he kind of threw couple allegations out there and uh, I thought that was maybe rude but it is his right to do so but uh, I I take stuff like that pretty serious I wish he had not just blurted stuff out it's hard to take things back once it's blurted out but we certainly have enjoyed having you you will be missed Uh, Bob has been a great part of this show for many years also and uh, I wish you and your wife and, and the extended family a very Merry Christmas and uh, good health, et cetera. Thank you, uh, Jim. Uh, the same to you. hope you have a, a great uh, 2018 coming up here pretty soon. We, we appreciate well, uh, all the calls. Uh, you've been uh, one of the regulars, and you've always been uh, fair and always had uh, something to uh, say and was always uh, willing to listen to uh, uh, to me and uh, others that had conversations on the same t- uh, same topic, and so uh, uh, good job and uh, keep listening. John says I wanted to call in yesterday, late in the show, and add to the argument that Judge Steigman was having with Stan, but I didn't want to interrupt the embarrassing pummeling 
the judge was giving Stan. If it had been a boxing match, they would have stopped it much earlier than it did. Well, I thought it was an interesting uh, conversation myself. I just let it go. That's uh, not something I do uh, often. We try to keep things uh, moving, but uh, they they both had a lot to say. And uh, so we just let them go. They went on and on, and uh, I thought it was uh, very interesting. And uh, as we like to say, uh, good radio. And uh, Don is next. Hi, Don. Hey, Jim. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. I just want to offer my congratulations on your retirement and uh, tell you how much we've enjoyed uh, listening to Penny up here in Kalamazoo on the on the Internet. I'll tell you what, I've been a fan of uh, radio my whole life, and this Internet radio is wonderful because you're able to connect with stations all over the place without trying to catch them at 6 in the morning on the skip. And uh, I'll tell you what, we've really in, enjoyed uh WDWS and especially your contribution. It's uh, uh, it's a great radio, and we've enjoyed listening to it over the over the last couple of years. Well, uh, th- thank you, Don. I appreciate uh, you saying that. I I'm trying to avoid the uh, word uh, retirement because I'm not uh, retiring. I just uh, I would like to say that uh, Friday will be my last. Uh, my last show uh, here on the Penny and uh, and on this radio station, and let it go at that. No, but uh, uh, thanks for your call, sir. And uh, is this Moose? How you doing, Jim? Well, I'm doing fine. How are you? I ain't talked to you for a long time. I hear you're leaving the radio station or getting off. Yeah, well, I got a couple more days, uh, Thursday and Friday. Yes. I tell you who I miss is when you had old Bill Black on there. Yeah, we had uh, Bill on a lot when he was in the, uh, the General Assembly and uh, afterwards. And uh, he's uh, he's a great guest. He's a great guy. He had some health problems along the way, but I think he's okay now. And uh, he's uh, he's one of my favorites too. Yeah, do you think you'll ever get him back on, or do you think the station will ever get him back on? Oh, or? I I don't know. It, what happens after a Friday is uh, somebody else's business and not mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Bill. Uh, uh, Jim. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Moose. I'm glad you called. We're at uh, 356-9397. Text me at 3515-357. We'll come back right after this break. And uh, back to the phones we go for Tony. Hello, Tony. Hi. I'm hoping that uh, you can um, land somewhere else. Um, it kind of reminds me of when uh, Howard Stern was the just three days a week. If we could get Jim Turpin on another station, even for three days a week, that would be awesome. How about um, maybe I'll go on Sirius Radio? How you think? That, how, how would that hey, be? That, yeah, that'd be great. They'll hire you. Hey, uh, Have your own channel. Yeah, the Jim Turpin channel. But um, I hope they do um, kind of retire with with you just because I like his opinions, but he cannot talk correctly. He clears his throat too much. It's annoying for us listeners out here in Radio Land. Um, so I think there comes a time. 
Who? Who? I'm sorry, I didn't hear who you were talking about. The the guy from yesterday, the judge. Oh, Steigman. Yeah. He clears his throat way too often, and it's just distracting for us out here in the radio land. Like you talk so clearly and uh, very professionally, um, but when you're clearing your throat every other word, it's very annoying. Well, so, I'm, I'm but sure I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't uh, prefer not to have to do that. But if you've got a a condition that causes you to do that, I don't know what you can do about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you don't go on the radio. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> right. He's, uh, like, We've uh, we've tried it with him for uh, you know thirty some years now. So, <laughs> what well, as again, right. again? I don't know what the the future of any uh, guest is. I, I assume we'll have a guest on the, on the show, but I I don't know. It's not my business, so I'll uh, I'll just leave it at that. But I appreciate your call, Tony. I thank you so much. And Eunice is next. Hello, Eunice. Hello, Jim. How are you today? I am good. This is a pretty day. It's a little nippy, but uh, my goodness, it's uh, getting close to Christmas. Do you want a white Christmas, Eunice? Well, a sprinkling of white. I'm yeah. getting this age now where the <laughs> snow isn't such a happy thing. <laughs> yeah, there, that, that's a good idea. Just have a little, a few snowflakes on a Christmas uh, evening or Christmas Eve or something like that. That'll be okay. Right. That'll be great. Well, I'm sad to hear that you're leaving us. I know you know I started listening to Penny for Your Thoughts when I was nine years old, so you know how long ago that's been. Um, And I'm going to miss your banter, you know, the way you listen to people and give back. Uh, I'm going to miss you you being on the air. That's all I have to say. Have a good life. Enjoy wherever you're going. Have a good life yourself, Eunice. Thank you very much. Right, uh, three five six nine three nine seven. It is nine fifty four here at WDWS. Explore issues that matter most to you, your family, and your financial future with Busey's magazine, The Pillar. The fall issue is available now. Turn the pages to find a variety of resources and uh, advice from Busey's experts. Whether starting your career, raising a family, or enjoying retirement, explore how to budget for life with advice for each stage. If you're in the sweet spot of retirement planning, your early to mid-50s, learn six things to prepare for a smooth transition to retirement. The right words in your real estate listing can not only help your home Sell fast, but for more money, discover the top 10 listing keywords. With a farmer, a first mentality, Agrigal is uh, shaping the future of farming across the globe. One technology, one tool at a time, we introduce you to an agribusiness company in the heart of the heartland. From athletes and authors to presidents and CEOs, further explore the lasting legacies of nine leaders in this continuation from the spring 2017 issue. Busey's Magazine, The Pillar, a great resource for leaders of all life stages. From financial insights to investment trends, The Pillar covers topics that matter most to you. To read the pillar or to request a copy of the magazine, 
visit the publications page in the Resource Center on Buthy.com or stop by any of their convenient locations. We certainly want to thank uh, people like Busey and uh, Gallo Miller, and I don't want to start on on the uh, people that I've had on the air that have asked me to do uh, uh, do their live uh, commercials. That's uh, a compliment, and uh, I don't uh, take it lightly and try to do a, a good job on those. And uh, and obviously with the out sponsors, uh, how you know this. Uh, show would not be on there, nor would this radio station. This is a commercial radio station, and uh, we've had a lot of uh, people support us over the years. By us, I mean the, the radio station. And uh, I'm sure that they will uh, continue to do so for, for a real long time. The station's been on the air for 80 years. Can you imagine that? 80 years. And uh, I've had the great pleasure of uh, being here for 40 of those years. That includes uh, three years that I was an undergrad at the University of Illinois and worked weekends. Somebody said, well, how often, uh, you know, you have a part-time job with a radio station? And I said, yeah, well, it was a part-time job, all right, but it involved 30 hours a week. And it was all on the weekends. Different kind of a radio station then. It was mostly uh, records and uh, news uh, shows and entertainment shows from the network. There was very little uh, local uh, programming. Although at uh, night, we did have uh, a couple of programs. One was called Oski Wow Wow, and another was called The uh, Night Owl or Late Night. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but... Uh, we had the opportunity then to uh, to play uh, records, and and that's what it was. It was a disc jockey type show. But anyway, I worked uh, Friday from uh, noon until uh, let's see, no, I worked Friday uh, up to midnight, six to fr- uh, to uh, midnight, and then on uh, Saturday and Sunday I worked from noon to midnight. Thank goodness uh, my wife was understanding. She knew we needed the money. And uh, she had a job herself and uh, worked uh, very hard in helping me get through school. And uh, we had uh, the GI Bill, things like that, so we were able to make it. But uh, there are a lot of people that go to the University of Illinois and get a good education. And uh, it's... uh, I don't know, somebody said it takes a village, right? <clears throat> well, it takes a lot of people to get uh, get you uh, through to get that uh, degree. And now the University of Illinois is very, very difficult to get in. And uh, a lot of uh, young people around our state uh, are disappointed that they can't come to this uh, great university. Our time is up this first hour. Back with Jim Dye on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. Welcome back to our number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. My guest is uh, Jim Dye, the opinions editor of the News Gazette. And to uh, show you what kind of a guy he is, he's on vacation and he came in to do this show. 
I did. It's the truth. And I'm dressed for it, too. You are. You uh, you got your sweats on. You must have been at the Y or someplace. Well, I was walking my dog this morning. I go visit the, I'll go to the Y probably this afternoon sometime. But uh, when I'm when I'm home and by myself, I don't feel the need to dress up. I'm, I'm not much for putting on airs, as Pappy Finn used to say. <laughs> Doing a little reading, I bet. Have done a little reading. I'm reading a terrific book now on the Nuremberg Trials. I stumbled across it by accident. It's one of the best books I've ever read by Joseph Persico, and it's the, it, I didn't know much about the Nuremberg Trials after World War II, but uh, he wrote this thing about 20 years ago, and it's just really a pleasure to read. It's so informative and so well done that uh, just good luck. Every now and then you find a really great book, and this is one of them. It's called Nuremberg by Joseph Persico. And uh, is this a big book? Uh, you know, it's. I would say it's middling. It's it's not short by any stretch. Four hundred, uh, five hundred pages. Well, it's about about four fifty, but the pages, the print is small, <laughs> and the pages are long. <laughs> but it's really well done. A lot of a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff in there. A lot of uh, rivalries among the people that were supposed to be on the same side, and a lot of a lot of animosity among the defendants for each other. And of course, then there's a the whole question about whether or not there even should have been a. Nuremberg trial, you know. How many uh, how many people that were charged got uh, got off and got to f- flee to Brazil or someplace? Well, I think uh, the ones that got to flee to Brazil were the ones who were never taken into custody. Oh, okay. Like, well, once uh, they got them in custody, they uh, they pretty much uh, put it to them. And right? there were apparently trials all over the place, but the Nuremberg the big Nuremberg trials were the top Nazi leaders like Goring and and uh, Yodel and Keitling, who were the military people. And then some people just kind of got swept up on it, uh, although they certainly had their hands dirty with the whole slave labor program. But, uh, you know, Churchill said, what are we doing having trials for these people? We know what they did. You should take them out and shoot them. And, uh, but some people thought the idea of having trials was, uh, would seem more fair, although I think the results were probably pretty obvious <laughs> before, they, before the first word was spoken. Speaking of uh, Churchill, there is a new movie that's opening uh, Friday, I believe, and uh, it's uh, getting uh, tremendous uh, reviews. I I saw a a little clip of it the other day. It looks uh, very good to Gary Oldham, I believe is the name of the uh, guy playing Churchill, and the way they're able to make up people in Hollywood, the way they're able to transform uh, somebody that doesn't look at all like uh, Churchill into a guy that looks exactly like him. And his voice is, uh, is tremendous. I'm a, I don't go to many movies anymore, but uh, with the Netflix and and uh, the whole box office and all those other things, you don't you don't need to. But uh, I think I'll try to get to this one. Well, Churchill was such a unique character in history. It would be extremely difficult to portray yourself in a convincing way. But apparently. He, the, the actor in this case has done that. I have read mixed reviews of it. I'm going to go see it just because I'll have to see for myself and see what I think about it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, boy, it will not be an easy uh, easy person to portray. However, I do think Churchill is one of the greatest men of the 20th century. Uh, you know, he stood alone uh, against the the Hitlerian spread across Europe and constantly warned that, you know, we cannot ignore this problem. And he was proved to be right and... 
eventually he prevailed with a lot of help from the United States and the Soviet Union. One of the things that uh, he did that not uh, too many people are aware of, he wrote a whole bunch of books. Oh, he did. You know, the guy like just 20 did. 20 or so. The guy did so many things. It's like, how can one guy be this brilliant? You know, he wrote books like, uh, you know, like you and I read the newspaper. He would write a book, uh, he, all kinds of books and all kinds of subjects. Uh, he was a masterful painter. He was a, a brilliant politician and I think he wrote news articles. I mean, the guy was just a, well, what can you say? He did everything. <laughs> he did. A, he was kind of like Theodore Roosevelt. He did everything. Right to 356, just like you. We're Inexhaustible gonna, energy. The three of the, yeah, he's a. Uh, With a little help from uh, drinking alcohol all day long. <laughs> no, it was those cigars that, uh, that uh, really propelled him. You yeah, I guess. What, well, he was a smoker was and a that drinker, cig- that's for sure. <laughs> Didn't seem to hurt him, man. He did it. Well, uh Good to talk to you about uh, some of those uh, historical things, but we've got some stuff going on here in uh, Champaign County, uh, the Champaign County Nursing Home. Uh, Is the nursing home in trouble again? I thought it was all fixed. Oh, well, yeah, it's fixed all right. A former vendor files suit against the home and, and the county, saying that they're owed uh, $235,000 and uh, pay up. Well, this this is the death of a thousand cuts. I mean, is anybody surprised that a nursing home that can't pay its bills uh, and constantly has to borrow money from the county to keep its doors open is being sued now uh, because it doesn't have any money? I don't find that particularly persuasive. And I would hope that the people in charge of the nursing home, meaning those in the county board, would could bring themselves to recognize that that this uh, that what can't go on forever will not go on forever, and they're better off cutting their losses and selling it now as opposed to hanging on to this pipe dream of thinking that somehow things are going to turn around and the nursing home is going to become a financial success. I just don't see it happening. The uh, financially troubled nursing home says a story by uh, Tom Kasich uh, this morning uh, owed $5.1 million to uh, vendors and the county government as of December the 12th. $5.1 million. Yeah. Well, outside vendors were owed a total of $2.7 million, and it uh, goes on and on and on with other uh, big numbers. Home also owes about $2.4 million to various county government funds. <laughs> well, it's not in as bad a shape as uh, Illinois' public pension funds. Look at it that way. <laughs> they owe $170 billion. <laughs> Look, this is look, jump change look for the for nursing a, home. Yeah, look for a uh, shining light someplace. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't understand why uh, why there is any question about selling the nursing home. Well, I think uh, the, a handful of Democrats in the nursing home I think that somehow this is proof. Uh, maintaining a nursing home is proof of the county's virtue and that some people will not have any place to go. And I think that's wrong because there are a lot of private nursing homes that can take these patients. And the nursing home population is down below what they would like it to be because of that competition from the private nursing home. So I I think it's a pipe dream on their part, but they seem to be uh, determined to play it out to the bitter end. Well, at least a few of them uh, say that uh, during the uh, vote, where uh, it was overwhelmingly uh, said by the uh, the general public that uh, we should sell the nursing home, that people in their districts uh, voted the other way. Well, you know, people in their districts may have voted the other way, but, you know, when we hold elections... Uh, when you hold a countywide election and you have a result, and the result is one way, you don't. I don't think it's reasonable to say, well, people in this particular geographic section of the county uh, didn't vote that way, so therefore we can't make the change. I mean, what's the point of having an election? Uh, to me, it's it's just an excuse because they want to hold on uh, to the bitter end. 
that's not the way we do elections. So we'll take a break here. We're coming right back. If you have any questions or uh, comments for uh, Jim Dye, we're at three five six nine three nine seven, and our Castle Heating and Cooling text line is three five one five three five seven. Back with Jim after this. We're back with uh, Jim Dye from the News Gazette. Got his sweats on. He's ready to go out and uh, take on the world out of the Y. You're going to be in that uh, stationary bike uh, spinning thing. I may, I may do that. I may, I've been swimming a lot lately. It's uh, easier on your legs and on your back. So I've been doing a lot of swimming. I don't know what I'll do today. I have to see. You know, it's just serendipitous, Jim. I just go to the Y and say, "What do I feel like today?" <laughs> Since I don't want to do other, I th- usually. <laughs> Pick the the least offensive option at the moment. I hear the Y has so many uh, members, it's difficult to find a place to park out there. Sometimes. Mark Johnson has done such a fabulous job uh, getting that Y built and, and turning it into a really beehive of activity that uh, it's really one of the great accomplishments of uh, Champaign-Urbana in the last 10 or 20 years, what he's, what he's done out there. And, yeah, the Y is a busy place. There's all kinds of programs and all kinds of people, and uh, it's, uh, it's had a lot of fun to be out there. Well, Just to a, see all the people. You know, there's a lot of ways to uh, sell, but Mark Johnson's way of selling has uh, proved to be uh, quite good. He just goes in and he just grabs people with his shoulders. And <laughs> does throw, he turn them upside down? Throws them to the floor and <laughs> pins them. He pins them, does he? Okay, well, that would be effective with me. He hadn't done that. He just threatened to pin me. I threw in the tile immediately. Interesting uh, stories in the uh, Chicago uh, Tribune today. There's a real long one I have not read it entity, but uh, the headline is Rauner sees a second term in a different light. Governor says he can curtail the power of Madigan and Emmanuel. And uh, he doesn't, he, he sought, to, the governor then sought to provide answers, saying he's counting on the courts to give him several transformative wins over organized labor, allowing him to bypass Madigan's opposition. Well, I don't think he can bypass Madigan's opposition. I think uh, his references to the courts there are, are on target. There is a case pending now before the U.S. Supreme Court that uh, if if uh, the plaintiffs are successful would eliminate the requirement that union members have to join the union and have to pay union dues or, or pay the equivalent of union dues through the so-called, uh, gee, uh, what is the word for it? It's okay. You're on vacation. I'm on vacation. It's the equivalent of union dues for people who don't wish to join. And if the court rules that the people are not required to pay uh, dues to AFSCME in this particular case, it's an Illinois case, uh, then that will eliminate, assuming enough people don't want to join, it would eliminate a big source of Democratic Party money because because, uh, AFSCME union dues, a lot of it goes to support uh, Mike Madigan and Democratic candidates. So that would uh, that would be a big thing potentially, but as far as getting around Mike Madigan's power, I just don't see how you do it. He he's in charge of the legislature, and whatever he doesn't want to happen will not happen. And we've seen that for uh, the, the the last two years. So if he thinks he can curtail Madigan, I mean, I wish him luck on that because somebody needs to curtail Madigan. But uh, given the nature of the division of powers in Illinois, I don't see how that happens. Rauner better devote uh, some time to uh, thinking about uh, getting reelected. Uh, well, I, I think that's part of his uh, that's part of his campaign is he's running against Mike Madigan, just like uh, the Democratic candidate for governor J.B. Pritzker is running against uh, 
Donald, uh, Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> so it's uh, he said, I'm running against Donald Trump because uh, Bruce Rauner is really just a shill of uh, Donald Trump. We've got uh, several calls here. Let's uh, go to them uh, with uh, Kurt uh, being first. Hi, Kurt. Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? We're fine. fine. We're doing. I guess, well, we got two gyms in here. Yeah, we both responded to you, but we're both doing okay. Yeah. Okay, well, here's my topic today. I heard you talking about the nursing home. Now, the Democrats on the border say, well, our constituents voted against Well, the overall count was let's sell them the nursing home. And they should be working together to sell the home. Both the Democrats and the Republicans try to go to the nonprofit first to sell it. I'm not against needy senior citizens or anybody needing needing medical help. But when the county can't afford it, it's that simple. Now, one of these Democrats that are running the board going to get that. What, what little dream world are they living in? That's my question. Well, they're living in the world that says uh, we can turn this thing around. Uh, of course, they say that in the face of all the evidence that shows we can't. <laughs> and so that's what their position is. We're gonna, people need this service, and uh, we're going to fix it, and eventually things that are doing poorly now will be doing well then. Now, that's, well, I don't think there's a lot of evidence to support that position, but that's their position. Well, it doesn't look like there's any evidence that these uh, people in the nursing home are going to be put out on the street. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, that's just a scare so, story. So if they've got that evidence, show me. If they can't sell, sell the nursing home, and I think it's really stupid for them to be doing this. Well, the the problem and is, as you said, opinion. the county can't afford it. The county doesn't have the money. The county is going to have to make cuts in its statutorily really required uh, duties and, and personnel to carry out those duties uh, to maintain a nursing home, which is a purely optional uh, venture for county government. The, the county is not required to have a nursing home. Uh, it, it did that as a voluntary thing, and other counties have done the same, and other counties like Vermillion County have d- discovered that it's too expensive and close their nursing homes because it's such a drain on, on resources. But uh, right now the county board is not up to doing that. Need to take a couple more calls here before the uh, 1030 uh, news break. This is uh, Marsha. Hello, Marsha. Hi. Uh, I. You were talking, you couldn't think of the word that you were talking oh, about. Oh, fair share just came to me. Fair share, right? Yeah, fair share. Yeah, That's you go. That's what it is. Yeah. And uh, so many people don't like having to pay fair share. But if they didn't, they still, I mean, when they pay fair share, they still reap the benefits. Well, that's the argument the unions make is that uh, we represent yeah. we represent all these people and that they are beneficiaries of our representation, so they should have yeah. to carry some portion of the cost. That is what the law is right now. Uh, yeah. The challengers are are um, they're contesting that on the basis that the money that they are required to give the unions is a violation of their First Amendment rights because, and that takes preeminence. So it's a question of not uh, whether the union will represent them. They think it's more important that their free speech rights are violated. So, yes, you're right. It is that, and that is the union's argument, and that's what has been the position since the Supreme Court ruled on this issue yeah. about 40 years ago. And the place where I worked, we had so many people that uh, 
came to me many times saying, now I understand why we need this union. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't mind paying their dues. But, well, you uh, know, one of the things about this is, and I don't really see, I mean, the unions don't want to lose this ability to compel people to pay. But I, I see no reason why people should flee the union if they, just because they don't have to pay uh, union dues. I mean, a lot of people like to have union, like to have union representation and yeah. happily pay for happily pay their dues because they think it's worth it. The question is, yeah. does the union can the union uh, make the case why it's a good investment for people to, to be members, or uh, or can it not and give people a free choice? Let's go to uh, Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello, fellas. Um, the last time uh, Jim Dye was on, uh, you had the phone trouble. We did, yeah. Hi, Eric. How you doing? I'm good. Um, my calling regarding this uh, Ryan Jackson, who's in uh, the employee of the newspaper, and his column appears in, in, in the Living or the A&E or however you want to call it, section of the newspaper, right? I believe, yes, he does. And it, he... he came on originally as a humorist and, you know, clever, witty, you know, maybe like some of his humor. I mean, I was, but at least when it was confined to that, that's what it was. What yeah. it is, is an opinion. It's an op-ed piece. I would like to see him either some oversight on him to direct him back to where his talents are because I don't know. I mean, we just had a little conversation a little while ago about what you know, Justice Robert uh, Steigman, uh, someone called in and, and questioned his ability to comment on this or that. What I have a problem with is is is, is this column, and it's it's constantly. Uh, I mean, it's somebody. It's ninety percent of them are anti-Trump or anti this or anti, you know yeah. whatever it is. It's, yeah. It's all seems to come back to that that recurrent theme. Yeah. Okay, I get your point there. Uh, first of all, let me just say Ryan is not employed by the News Gazette. Ryan is a freelance columnist, and we carry his column. And yeah, he initially started off as a uh, kind of a humorous type, and then he's joined the resistance, I guess. <laughs> and so now he uses his platform that's to, fair enough. to bash Trump. Uh, that's fair enough. Yeah, and so uh, your 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 point but is, I guess, that he shouldn't page. be in the living section. Maybe he should be in the editorial page or. I don't think he should be, and I mean, yeah. I, I, I wish somebody would come in and address that, and and, and say, look, we you, you know we buy your column. Here's a couple of things you have your say. Let's let's get back to what you, you we put you here for. And if not, maybe you know we'll find something else for you to do. I just can't see it. Anyway, you got to go, Eric. Thank you so much. Right, Appreciate the call. I'll get to the uh, news here in just a moment, but. Uh, can't, I suppose you can do that to uh, local uh, people that are uh, freelancers, but you can't tell columnists what to to write in their column, uh, can you? I mean, well, uh, the the national people that uh, you have, uh, well, they think you're crazy if you call them up and say, "Yeah, it's uh, a pretty touchy thing." A columnist is a, a columnist's words are the columnist's words, and uh if if you're telling the columnist will say something else then he's not really a columnist anymore so yeah it's it's one of those things i mean you know he makes people angry just like sometimes i make people angry and uh you know the guy who writes the real talk column on sunday and leonard pitts makes people angry and and i suppose when we run conservative columnists you know they make people angry i guess my only point would be 
you know, it's just an expression of a point of view. Try not to get too upset about it. And, uh, you know, go read something. Don't read something else that uh, reflects the opposite of it. That's my uh, take on the whole thing. I, I don't, you know, if I have somebody that I just detest and I don't want to read them anymore, I don't read them See, anymore. that's why I gave up reading Lauren Tate 30 years ago. I know. Uh, <laughs> the guy just he keeps at it. One of these days he might write something that we, we agree with, but uh, it's uh, it's been a long haul for him. I do occasionally throw eggs at his car in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, Brian Barnhart is uh, next. He has the news headlines back with the Jim Dye after that. Welcome back to uh, Penny of Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Uh, Julia Reitz will be here tomorrow morning. Uh, I want to emphasize uh, the fact that she will be here at uh, 9 o'clock because uh, we have a little uh, different uh, uh, lineup uh, tomorrow. We have uh, Julia at uh, from 9 to 10, then there will be about 30 minutes of open line. Then it will be time for a busy uh, money talk. And on uh, Friday, who knows uh, what we're going to have. It's going to be uh, what's going to happen. It's going to be uh, a different kind of uh, program. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of singers. We're going to play back some uh, of the um, tape we have on uh, some of the uh, play-by-play that uh, I did, some of the big games, and you can imagine which ones they are. And uh, who knows uh, what else. It'll, it'll be fun on uh, Friday. It, key is to be go out and have a nice time we're not going to pay too much attention to uh, anything else unless uh unless trump does something and we just have to uh <laughs> yeah you never know have to it's go always find something out, to change you know, more about uh, i'm gonna take a call here in just a moment but uh i know you're not writing the editorials uh who writes these when you're gone dan corkery is our beleaguered is my beleaguered replacement and he's very unhappy about it, but but he soldiers on. <laughs> uh, he uh, he writes about uh, the FCC and uh, this uh, terrific uh, problem they've got going about the, on the internet. And we can talk about that a little bit. But uh, seems the corporate uh, giants, uh, Comcast, AT and T, Google, Amazon, and some of those. Uh, some people fear that they will now be able to deliver a death blow to consumers and aspiring entrepreneurs because of the uh, the uh, government because of a Trump uh, lifting the uh, the law that they kept them uh, net neutrality net neutrality, net neutrality but uh, is a, a term for us trying to describe a little bit uh, keep things even uh, uh, make sure everybody got treated the same on the internet. Yeah, it's one of those complicated issues, and you know, I know there's been a lot of kind of hand-wringing about how the world's going to come to an end, but the only thing they're doing is is uh, re- reinstating the status quo that was in place in 2015. So we've only had net neutrality for two years, and I don't think re- things were too ha- horrible before 2015. The, the Internet has grown by leaps and bounds because it was – Unregulated, and I, I just don't see the problem that some of these people are suggesting will now become catastrophic. So, you know, it's one, it's, it, this is like anything else in Washington right now. It's very political and very partisan. The FCC voted to repeal it by a 3 2 vote, three Republicans in favor, two Democrats against. So, no, the, that's the, kind of where we're at right now. Let's, let's go to uh, Richard. Hello, Richard. 
Good morning, Mr. Turpin and Mr. Dye. Good morning. I, uh, I've listened enough to the show. I, I haven't caught all the hour and 40 minutes, but I've listened enough. that, And this is kind of a tongue-in-cheek comment to some of the people that call in. I know you're doing well, Jim, and so I'm not going to ask you. But uh, I, um, I have a, a phrase I use from time to time. Without work, we would never know when we're having fun. Um, I think Mr. Dye would agree with this statement. Uh, without uh, Democrats, we would no, never know when we're hearing the truth. Um, we've got that contrast that anything that comes out of a Democrat's mouth is probably a lie. But anyway, uh, Mr. Uh, Dye, I want to reassure you, if, uh, if uh, Justice Steigman can't make it because he's uh, not the smoothest talker, uh, on the radio program on Penny for Your Thoughts, I assure you, you're going to make it. You'll cut the, you'll cut the mustard. You'll you'll make it. And uh, I enjoy listening to you. I very rarely call in when when you're on the air with Jim, but uh, I appreciate you. And Jim, I really appreciate uh, the work that you did and the service you uh, performed for us to to let us call in. And uh, sometimes we're controversial, but uh, anyway, it's it's fun. All right. Uh, well, well, thank you, uh, Richard. We appreciate uh, your call. Yeah, I want to say I appreciate his kind words, too. But you know what? He points out something that's always been my problem. Timing. He says I have a great future in radio. Not at my age. <laughs> James is next. Hello, James. Hey, how are you guys today? We're good. How are you? Well, not too terrible. I'm getting by. Okay. What's up? Uh, if you want to talk about nursing homes, I spent five months in rehab in Lincoln Manor Healthcare in Decatur, Illinois. And they weren't making payroll, but they somehow stayed open. Guys would call the state, the state would come in the middle of the round, and these people would act like they were doing something. And when the state left, back to the same old, same old. I just spent 35 bucks a week on having people bring me food from the grocery store so there was food. So I could do my therapy and get out of there. Yeah. So I wound up calling the ombudsman, <clears throat> and now <laughs> Lincoln Manor Healthcare is a vacant brick building, and they got fined fifty thousand dollars, and they let people die in that place. So well, you know, you certainly point care? you certainly point out a problem, which is that you know some nursing homes are well, all, in my view, all nursing homes are not places that you want to be sometimes you have to be there in your case you were injured i guess and had to do rehab but uh, no, know that's a t that's a tough business and uh if people don't do a good job then there's a certainly the capacity for great harm to be done there's no question about that well i'm still alive so well i'm happy to hear that you, you know <laughs> the older you get the more you think about that and when i you know i hear that advertisement that says uh oh the the former tv host comes on and says oh i we found a wonderful place. We call it a place for mom. You know, <laughs> you hear that ad? <laughs> when they say that, I hear, I hear a place for me, and I say, "Whoa, I'm not so happy about that prospect." <laughs> well, uh, there are plenty of uh, one of the uh, the reasons that the Champaign County Nursing Home, for example, is not doing well is the uh, the influx of uh, of all these uh, other homes that uh, are uh, run. Private corporations. Uh, some have uh, multiple uh, ownerships. Uh, some have multiple uh, sites. Uh, some, you know, there'll be uh, 
there'll be one company that's uh, running 20 nursing homes. And uh, they do a good job. And they stay in business. It's uh, it's a little different than uh, somebody depending on, I don't know, uh, county uh, money. And it just, uh, my wife is out at the uh, villa, and it's a terrific place. I think they're doing well. <coughs> and there are plenty of uh, plenty of others around. I I think when the nursing home first started, uh, Jim, there was not uh, not the uh, as many of these places where you could uh, where somebody could go when they needed to help. Well, the nursing home has been around a long time, and I'm not completely familiar with the history. But I think the nursing home originally came about because there was a lack of places like that to care for people who needed that kind of care. Toughest job in state government? That's the uh, Tribune's uh, editorial today. So what would you think? The toughest job in state government? I would think being the head of DCFS. <laughs> but <laughs> That's it. Is it? Look at that. You'd well, it see, ought to you'd, be. You'd seen that before. No, I didn't see that. But I got to tell you, I don't, know how, I don't know how DCFS functions because they deal with people that are in such weak states of life and in such terrible situations that it's a every day that a disaster doesn't happen is kind of a miracle. Can Beverly B.J. Walker succeed at the helm of DCFS? My answer is no, she can't. Nobody can. Disasters will happen no matter what. Nearly six months into the job of overseeing the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services, Beverly B.J. Walker didn't hesitate when asked about her most difficult moments. She describes two cases, a troubled team whose life DCFS could not straighten out, and a toddler who died after being left alone for days. So there's just a couple of examples of what they're dealing with. Yeah, and I think that that statement um, explains the problem perfectly. DCFS uh, involving a woman whose life DCFS could not straighten out. How do you straighten out other people's lives when they're a mess and, and people don't want to be straightened out or are incapable of straightening themselves out. You, you expect too much from people expect too much from government when they think government's going to fix people or fix situations where uh, all situations where children are left like this child was. And that is just such an obscenity to think that a child would die under circumstances like that. I mean, it's really heartbreaking, but that's the reality of life on the edge for some people and the idea that the state is going to intervene in all cases and be successful in saving them is just I think uh, unrealistic Uh, Tom uh, Kasich writes about the Champaign County Board voting uh, unanimously uh, yesterday to join other Illinois counties that have hired law firms to pursue claims against drug makers believed to be responsible for the nation's uh, opioid uh, crisis. That's yeah, a very interesting story, isn't it? It is. And uh, l- recently in federal court, there was a case of a doctor who was, uh, for, who was in Decatur who was ended up uh, being convicted and sentenced to prison because he was basically handing out opioids to anybody that came in and asked him. And I think that's, a, that's a, obviously a real problem, but it's a problem on, the, on a multiple ends. One, you have the demand. Two, you have doctors who in some cases are negligent and other cases are just uh, doing it, I guess, for the money or in some cases maybe falsely compassionate, who hand out these opioids to people who say they're in physical pain. And third, you have the manufacturers who 
you know, who have an interest in selling as many pills as they can. And, and it's all combined for a disastrous situation where you have this uh, medication addiction and people dying. Well, they are, uh, uh, I guess the, uh, I'm trying to know if there is, if uh, lawsuits have actually been uh, filed yet or not. No, they're, they're getting ready to go after these companies. I suppose in some cases they've been yeah. filed. In other cases, they're just seeking uh, well, more Well, it's the company's a fault, but not, uh, not the only ones, right? Oh, um, no. It, it's mean, like I, the tobacco. This is, this is a repeat of the tobacco litigation mm-hmm. where they where they're all going to gang up on the some pharmaceutical company and try to extract billions of dollars in uh, in uh, damages and and divide it up. So, all right, this well, is a national class action lawsuit. That's very complicated mm-hmm. stuff. Let's go to uh, Rick. Hi, Rick. Hello, Jim and Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I have a couple questions. I'm, I'd like to go back to the fair share issue and Governor Rauner and. I have a couple questions and maybe one point. All right, go ahead. You know, I've never heard this asked, but the first thing is is the term right to work. Indiana went to there. Wisconsin went that way. Governor Rauner is all about, you know, you guys were talking about Mike Madigan and something's got to be done about him, but that's my opinion. If it wasn't for him, maybe my wages would be cut in half. My question is, first of all, if we were to go right to work or Governor Rauner had his way and uh, prevailing rate went away, what what would it be like for the people if he was to cut the wages in half? Now, that would be less taxes. Maybe it's good for businesses, but yet I don't understand what, is so great about doing that kind of thing to improve the state. And well, the debt let me kind of uh, respond there. You said he was to cut the wages in half. Well, first of all, Governor Reiner doesn't have the uh, ability to cut anybody's wages. Uh, you get you be protected. I, I presume you're a union member. You have a union contract. Uh, you would continue to negotiate with your whoever you negotiate with. I don't know if you have a private employer or if you have uh, some. If you work with a confederation of private employers, but. No, I, you know, I don't know. What's your position? Do you work for, you're a member of a union, I presume? Yes. Okay. And so you would continue to operate under your contract and you would negotiate contracts like you did before. The only, the, uh, the right to work situation is, I'm sorry. I'm not with the private organization though. Who who are you with? Negotiate or we negotiate. Are you a public employee? Through this, uh, I'd rather not say. All I want to say is, is that it's negotiated, and the wages are negotiated, and the fact that we have prevailing rate laws in the state—that's one of the things that he'd love to get rid of. You haven't heard about that? No, no, I know. Well, I understand prevailing rate, but I don't really understand prevailing rate. I think prevailing. Uh, so I'm not going to get into that because I just don't understand the difference of, okay. of what prevailing okay. rate is. Sorry. But uh, Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. I mean, we're just having exchange here. That's fine. But uh, you know, the governor. Well, it's a complicated issue, and right to work simply means that people aren't forced to join or, or pay money to, do, to unions if they don't want to. That's, that's what it boils down to. We took our final break uh, right here, coming uh, right back on Penny. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. And we've been uh, joined here by a man who was uh, just talked about a little while ago. They said, uh, sure enjoyed when you had Bill Black on the air. 
I said, well, uh, they miss him over in uh, Springfield because uh, they don't sell nearly as many uh, of the uh, the earmuffs that they used to have to keep from hearing your uh, your commentary. How are you doing, young man? Jim, I'm doing fine. Uh, well, what's with the uh, what's with the beard? Well, I, I uh, had a new knee uh, installed. I guess installed isn't the right word, but about a month ago, and I decided before the surgery I wasn't going to shave until the new knee was 100%. Uh-oh. But anything was better than the old knee. But uh, this was kind of a scraggly beard, but the best shave I ever had was on your program when I drew a, grew a beard that we didn't have a budget back in the day. Yeah. Uh, luckily for me, we got a budget shortly thereafter. That's right. We had uh, a friend of mine to come out, and she, uh, she did the shaving right on the air. Uh, she did a great job, too. <laughs> you may have to call on her again. I think I'd better. <laughs> well, Jim and I have been discussing uh, the ways of the world here, and uh, we've got two or three minutes. Uh, Jim, uh, one of the uh, topics that we've been talking about is uh, the situation in uh, Springfield, and here's the uh, Tribune today, Bill. I don't know if you saw it. Rauner sees a, a second term in a different light. Uh, the governor says he can curtail the power of Madigan. <laughs> well, well, what do you think? I I'm always amazed that people who have never been in any kind of governmental situation, not that that's the absolute prerequisite, but they go over there and think they can curtail this or they can stop that. They don't do their basic homework. You need 60 votes. And if you can't get 60 votes in the House and the majority in the Senate, you aren't going to do anything. You aren't going to defeat Michael Madigan, as Jim has written about several times in his district. Um... And you alienate the very people that you have to go to to get any of your uh, initiatives done. And you can't even get a bill to a committee without the Madigan's approval. Oh my right? goodness! Yes, it's. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't written read a book about Uncle Joe Cannon, the Speaker of the U.S. Congress, and a, an icon in Danville for years and years. Uh, he was the Committee on Rules in the U.S. Congress. He was the committee on assignment, and he several other titles. And if Joe Cannon said your bill wasn't going to be uh, posted, it didn't mean anything. It was done. You weren't going to get anywhere. To this day, the rules that limit the Speaker's power in Congress are called the Cannon Rules. He was quite a guy, quite a uh, quite a rapscallion, but you know what they say. He was a rascal, but he was our rascal. That's right. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? Right. Jim, you have a question uh, for Bill here in the last couple of minutes? Uh, well, do you miss Springfield at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, toyed with the idea of trying to go back and, and heard from several people that I served with and said, no, you really don't want to do that. Yeah, did you take temporary <laughs> leave of your senses? You were I, so agitated. Uh, or Roger Eddy said that he thought I was no more than temporary leave I know, of senses. I, I could just, I could, I, I'm sure there was steam coming out of your ears. It was <laughs> oh. like the old days when you're going, Mr. Speaker, oh, Mr. My Speaker. Uh, it's. Um, I, I don't know what's going to take place in Springfield. I I thought that would be a temporary situation where they were feeling each other out and they would realize they had to get things done. Um, I don't know if they're going to get anything done. And uh, no matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, here comes another very wealthy man from Chicago who has no background in government, and he's going to do everything. And I love the commercials. Well, J.B. knows all about downstate. <laughs> okay. He's been there once, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he had a map in his hand at the time, you know. You know, a reporter will ask him, as they often do, have you been to Lincoln County? And they usually say, no, but I intend to be there next week. Well, there is no Lincoln County. Uh, <laughs> many, many a politician has been uh, they, caught by that. They trick them, huh? That's right. 
Well, uh, back when uh, when you uh, started, what do you think the cost was? That you, how much money did you have to have to run for governor back in then? Oh, probably a million, a million and a half. That would do it, right? I, I think I think it could could run a credible campaign. Um, I think this gubernatorial campaign in Illinois will set a national record. It'll be in the possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. And that doesn't include candidates are going to spread down throughout the system for various oh, legislative races. You know, that doesn't include the, the phone banks, the precinct workers, the uh, all of the things you have to do now. People who run social media for the campaign. It's it's completely different. Bill, good to see you. We are out of time. In fact, we're running over a little bit, but uh, we uh, appreciate uh, you coming by. You you look good and. Uh, one of these days, you get that beard uh, shaved off, and that will mean that uh, you're ready to run a race. <laughs> I'm ready. I've, I'm looking forward to the marathon. And uh, Jim, you're an icon, and uh, we'll miss you a great deal, I can tell you that. Oh, you're very kind. Jim Dye, thank you so much. Appreciate um, it. My pleasure. You're headed for the uh, YMCA this afternoon? Eventually, I'll get he's, there. Uh, he's uh, training for the... Uh, the uh, triathlon. Well, Mark, Mark Johnson will get him into shape. There's no question about that. I think about triathlons, but I would never <laughs> attempt one. <laughs> Our time is up. We're joining the uh, CBS News uh, in uh, progress, and uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow morning at uh, 9 o'clock with uh, Julia Reitz here on WDWS.